Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, JJ Howard from the Sparta Academy in Los Angeles. Sir, how are you doing today? Great. How are you doing today? Fantastic. If I was any better, there'd have to be two of me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm living the life, man. This is, this is what I was born to do, I think. And if Good not, don't, don't tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so look, tell us about Sparta Academy. I mean, you, it sounds uh, like you have a cool backstory. How'd you end up there? What do you do? Give us the lowdown. All right. Uh, Sparta Academy is, uh, we, we have two parts. We have a strength and conditioning program, and then we have a martial arts program. We teach a couple different martial arts. We teach uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai kickboxing, and Krav Maga, and then we have some MMA classes that kind of fuse some stuff together. And then uh, our strength and conditioning part, uh, I guess you could say is loosely based on starting strength program. Um, we have we had a little more like uh, speed and agility stuff because of my background in uh, football and track um, and we also do probably a little, a little more uh, Olympic lifting than a normal starting strength program uh, would do uh, so we just kind of fuse that into one place so um, oh. sorry. so I just I thought you you were saying something about your background is in football and track so what is what is that background? How did that factor in? I, I mean, I played Division One football. I played for Mizzou. Uh, okay. I, I messed around in Europe playing pro ball. Uh, when I when I came back to Los Angeles, because this is where I would train uh, in my off season, uh, I you know I, I played football since I was six, so I didn't really know anything else, and I was used to physical contact. So that was like kind of the beginning, I want to say, of like MMA, where it started getting really really popular and I was in Los Angeles which was like the mecca of LA you know the Gracie mm -hmm. families so I just like fell into some really good opportunities to learn from the best as far as that goes um I, I was able to earn my black belt from the Gracie family uh I also they're also one of the headquarters for the uh Krav Maga franchise is based in Los Angeles I also got a black belt on that um I uh I trained in Muay Thai and then I went to um over in Thailand and trained at Veritex and Tiger and fought out of there for a while. And that was uh, also a great experience. So I just been really lucky to, from the people I've been able to learn this through dumb luck, walking through the right doors and certain people taking interest in me. Um, it's, it's, it's been pretty amazing in Los Angeles to have all these crazy opportunities, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, Los Angeles is a hotbed of, of all sorts of things and, and you may call it, dumb luck but i'm sure you had to do some things right in order to get because i mean you've trained with with the who's who of of mixed martial arts and i think anybody who's listening that's familiar with some of those names will will recognize it and if you don't google it look on youtube figure it out because those are those are some legit names for sure right oh, yeah, my um, so so you did that and then at some point kind of stopped being about you training you and got into the world of training other people it was never it was never intentional like uh i was i've been football i was known for being always in really good shape that's why i didn't i didn't really get any injuries playing running back getting the ball like 25 30 times a game i never got really hurt that bad and everybody knew you know but it was because i trained super hard and i knew what i was doing in the off season so some of my old football buddies would hit me up and then that kind of snowballed to train them in the off season to get them into shape um from there it just kind of snowballed into you know celebrities and people doing movies and that kind of stuff um, and then with the martial arts, you know, you know, you'll have that kind of plays into, again, like football players use any, any advantage they can, you know, that in jujitsu, you know, it'll help you break tackles. I had, I've had guys that, you know, they didn't really even start, even though they're professional football players start playing football until like late in college, cause they were just there, they bloomed late or they, they were found and discovered late. So they never learned how to like, you know, escape a break a tackle or anything like that. Um, and it helps the flexibility and stuff. And then on the other side, you have, you know, the actors that are doing movies and stunts and they want it to be more legit, not just, you know, fancy flipping around and stuff. 
So you kind of had the people that were in your circle that, that you were helping. And at some point you wake up in the middle of the night, the light bulb goes off and you say, I'm going to make this a business. This is going to be what I do with the rest of my life. Um, yeah, I mean, it got bigger and bigger and, uh, I, it was, it was tough while I was training because I had to go to a different, a bunch of different places. Like I'd get my weightlifting done in, you know, Venice Golds and I, and I train people out of there. And then like, I do my, um, jujitsu in Torrance at the, uh, Gracie headquarters down there. And then I'd go another place for Muay Thai, another place for Krav Maga. There wasn't one place that you could do all these things at a high level anyways. There were a couple places that did a couple things, but it was more like jazzercise. It wasn't very legit. But at a high level, there wasn't one place where you could just come in for like three or four hours, knock everything out, and then leave. Most of the time was taking driving all over from the city to city to city. So I just decided let's, you know, consolidate. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I was, I was pretty successful, so I didn't need any partners or anything like that. Uh, so that was great. I didn't have to like compromise in any way. We've never had to advertise at all. Everything's been word of mouth uh, and it's just grown really organically. Uh, one thing I'm really proud of is like the members that come here, the, the diversity is crazy. Like, I, people call up all the time and that's one of the first questions they ask is like, well, what's your gym like? What's, what's the dynamic? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, is it like all guys or all girls or is it young people or is it gay, straight, black, whatever? And like, Literally in every class, we have somebody representing every single part of that. And it's pretty nuts how everybody gets along. But at the same time, like you don't have this overly PC feel. People like rip on each other. Uh, like I think it was like two months ago, we have, I'm not gonna say any names. One of, one of the guys is very, you know, Black Lives Matter activist. And we have somebody on, that he's rolling with in jujitsu that's Blue Lives. And he's literally wearing a shirt with a, you know, a Blue Lives thing on it. And, uh, you know, they're, they're friends and then they're rolling, they get done. And the Blue Lives Matter, you know, helps the Black Lives Matter up. And the Black Lives Matter goes, that's the first time you ever heard of, helped a black guy up, huh? It was just hilarious. It was just, yeah. <laughs> and they both laughed. And, you know, you know everybody's, when, when they step in here, everybody is basically family. You know, everything else is, they have their own views and they respect it. But uh, that camaraderie is something I'm super proud of. Then they don't have to, like, edit themselves too much and still have a good time and train hard. Yeah, respect was one of those things that I was going to say stood out in that and how it you described it. And I, I think a lot of that probably is owed to the, the martial arts background, right? I don't know if there's a quality that gets revered higher than respect. Respect yourself, respect your opponent, respect your sport, your training, all that and, and each other. So I'm sure that that certainly isn't lost within your four walls. Oh, no, totally. It's a... Uh especially if you've ever done like, a, you know, something like Muay Thai or uh, especially Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at, at some point, you're, you're the nail. Like, I don't care who you, I don't care what kind of athlete you are. You know, it could be the best, you could be the best biggest football player in the world. You come in here and you go on, you know, on the mat and you're rolling around for the, you know, first couple of times and you don't know what you're doing. You're getting destroyed. Um, so you learn to be humble really, really quickly. And uh, you know, not too many people attitudes and, a jerky attitude lasts too long in those things because they can't take the beating every day. Their ego can't take it. So, you know, either you learn to be, to be humble and chill and, uh, and, and treat everybody with respect or you, yourself, you're not going to last long. You're not going to want to come. Yeah, absolutely. So, so really you leverage a lot of the connections you had, a lot of the experience, the success that other people had with you in a, in a town where, you know, nobody's going to argue that it's, it's very often about who, you know, word of mouth and referrals have really fed you for the time that you've been there. Um, what are we talking about as far as how big is your facility? How many people are coming through to train on, let's say on a, a monthly basis, I'm sure it varies with all different things, but you know, what's the average amount of people that are coming through your doors in the course of a month? How big is the facility? Like what, where has that gotten you? Um, well, in, during COVID, I mean, as every g other gym owner, you know, will attest to, uh, our, our landlord wasn't working with us at all. Like, it was one of these guys who's not based in reality. He was like, oh, well, next month it's going to be over. And he was saying that from the beginning. We weren't getting any kind of break on rent. Uh, 
most of the bigger, you know, companies and gyms and people didn't need it. Those are the people that were getting like the, you know, the loans and all that kind of stuff. We didn't get any of that stuff. Um, it was just the loyalty of my clients and members and stuff that keep kept us going during then. So we had actually switched and moved to a different building during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, right now, I think, uh, it's like a 4,000 square foot facility, but we haven't renovated like a good third of that. Um, because we're trying to, we're still trying to keep the, you know, they have, people have to decide there's only, I only keep 15 spots open per class. I don't want any more than that. Cause I don't want any total crowding cause trying to keep, keep everybody safe. We haven't had any like outbreaks of COVID at the gym and uh, mm -hmm. everybody's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons is cause I didn't, I wasn't just like, okay, floodgates open, everybody come in and get on top of each other. No, um, especially, you know, when things started to relax and we were allowed to open. I had a rule that everybody had um, in the martial arts program, you had a sparring buddy, you stuck with your sparring buddy and you guys had like a verbal agreement that you're not gonna go, you know, you're gonna get vaccinated and, and everybody has and uh, and you're not gonna go out partying and take unnecessary risks. And if you are, that's fine, tell your partner and then like, you can't do it anymore because we don't want anybody getting sick. Um, so, you know, I think the small class size that and with the vaccinations are the reason that we haven't had any real problems with it here, knock on wood. So you, you've kind of, you've maneuvered your way around COVID. Um, how long have you been there in, in that location in this form that you're in now? Um, the old location was literally two miles away. We've been in this new location about a year now. Okay. And how long at the old one? Uh, the old one was about four and a half years. Okay. So this current incarnation of the business has been somewhere between five-ish years that, that you've been doing it this yeah. way? So, own facility. yeah. So our listener base, right? I'm sure a lot of them are going to be, you know, they're jealous because you, you have some of the, the big problems that we hear in the industry, you don't have to face because of the work that you put in, right? You have people coming in the door, they're kind of pre-sold. So your advertising, your marketing is, is your body of work. And then when they come in, do you feel like like they are pre-sold like the sign up process is basically they kind of know what they're getting and and you're more qualifying them to work with you than than having to sell them on coming in yeah yeah um i mean we have an internship program for trainers and because it's amazing like anybody can get certified mm. you know um, people that are handing out crazy belts and different stuff too but you know you'll go through a certification program you don't know anything you know what a bicep is you don't know how you know you don't know any you don't have any of the olympic lifts power lifts speed conditioning anything like that um so we we have an i have an internship we take on three interns um at a time and they, they're you know in, in turn for uh getting taught and stuff like that they do some like cleaning and desk work and that kind of stuff and uh they're always asking like well how do you build up a clientele like i you know instagram and ads and doing all this i'm like if, if you're doing a good job, the beginning is hard because you're going to start with a couple people and stuff like that, but your work will speak for itself. Um, if you do a good job with your clients and they're successful, people are going to be like, where in the hell are you training? And that's, I mean, it'll, it'll branch out and then, then those branches will have branches. And then it goes, you know, if we're doing like a, a jujitsu tournament, you know, people are seeing our geese out there and they're like, oh, where are you training? Or we just got done doing a Muay Thai tournament and we did really well. And I've had calls from that be like, Oh, where are you guys located? Um, even my private clients, I've never had a private client in my career. I think not and not branch out into like one or two other people, either their spouse or their friend coming in and them being there for like, I think our, our privates last for an average of like five years. And they usually wow. people don't cancel. They're moving or something crazy happens with their job or some kind of crazy health thing. But other than that, it's an average of a uh, private client last five years of this. Yeah. And that, that was actually the next thing I was going to ask you. So it's great that you let into that because, you know, I know Los Angeles can to some degree be a transient area, right? I've talked to a fair, fair number of gyms in LA and in Southern California and for various reasons can be a little bit transient. Uh, but you don't find that in the clientele that you have the majority of them your turnover rate is pretty low overall if you're keeping people for five years. Totally. Um, I mean, you have, you have your actors that are going to be on set and take long breaks. You know, they're going to, you know, be filming in Africa or whatever. And then my football players are in season, off season. 
Um, a lot of my football players, what they'll do is they'll like rent a big mansion in, you know, in the valley or whatever like that. And they'll all come here and train together and like season. And then when it's time to go back to, you know, season, they'll move back to Seattle or, you know, wherever, you know. Um, so that, that part is a little bit transient. Uh, but as far as, uh, you know, yeah, you have the actors aspect. And that was also interesting during COVID because this town's population felt like it got cut in half. I mean, anybody lives in LA, I don't know if you've been to LA, but the traffic is legendarily, it's a nightmare, right? But it was great because there was no, you could get everywhere in LA in like 10 minutes all of a sudden, way less stress. It kind of cleared the forest a little bit, you know, all the dead wood. Um, so it cleared the, uh, most of those transient people aren't here as much, I'd say. Um, we also had like a little bit of a tech boom, I'd say like, Again, like five years ago, that started up with like Google and Snapchat, you know, moving in a lot of tech companies moving in. And they also, a lot of those people found that they were just working from home. There was no reason to pay ridiculously high rent in LA and some of them didn't like it anyway. So a lot of people moved to Florida, oops, sorry. Uh, Florida and Texas and, you know, those outer, outer places because they wanted to live there anyway. They just couldn't before. Yeah. So the way that things have gone for you, um, it's easy to look and, and think that you're, you know, living a charmed life over there. And, and a lot of it is, is probably credit to your hard work and connections and things like that. But what things, you know, if anything, haven't gone the way that you've wanted them besides COVID, right? Everybody had to go through that, but like, yeah. what kind of, what hard lessons would you say, Lauren, challenges you've overcome, you know, what type of things have you as a business owner, have been, you know, dragons that you've slayed? What kind of stuff have you come across in that realm? The biggest thing was uh, employees. It's just really hard, especially like everybody wants to be a trainer nowadays. Everybody wants to be a fighter and they see Instagram and all these movies and they think it happens in like one day and there's a lot to learn. And uh, originally, like I tried to, uh, I tried to hire other people and stuff like that. And they just, they were just straight up lie. They didn't know what they were doing you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I had to learn to promote from within and that didn't happen overnight. Again, it takes a while to train people. So, you know, I would, I would, I had to wait a couple, you know, a year or two like that. And then I could like, you know, take something class like, hey, you're gonna, you would be a really good coach. Do you want to be a coach? And it was also good because um, they practice what they preach. They already do these things. They're doing it because they love them. They have a passion for it and they're putting in the time. We, I get, we, I'd have trainers come in and I'd be like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go work out. Let's see, let's see, you know, if you know what you're doing. And I literally one third of the people like, oh, I don't work out. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't work out. Like, oh, well, if you want to be a trainer, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. But I, the doctor said, I, I can't work out. I can't work out. I'm like, I don't understand. It's crazy, right? Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's, a lot of time, even though, yeah, in the gym, we're like, they were like, he doesn't work out. He's a trainer. I'm like, yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, the country is, everybody's talking about this labor shortage, right? And, uh, you feel it in the, in the fitness industry. It's a strange time because you need people that are really intelligent, really motivated. Uh, everything is so much more technical because the, the bar has been raised. If you want to be someplace where you're not, and I, I don't want to disparage it because they're helping people, but like, you know, the industry term of a pin setter, right? Like that's helpful to a lot of people, but if that's not your business model, if you need somebody with more training intelligence, a little bit of business sense because they're representing you, it's super hard to find. It's like they're all gone and doing something else or have decided they can run their own gym. And that's, you know, that's where some other, some other issues lie, but yeah, I, we hear it. Um, you know, I think people, that are going into like the fitness trainer headhunter business is they going to be the next big boom of just finding, finding people and, and making those connections. So um, there's, there's not really a lot you can do about that, right? You have a good facility, you pay good wages, you can do all those things, but you can't make people appear. And I mean, you're in, in luck to a certain degree because there are a lot of people who want to come out to LA to make it right. But Maybe they want to make it as an actor and they want, think they can be a trainer as a side hustle. And I don't think that that's going to be a good fit for your facility. So pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, before, before COVID, it was way worse. 
Um, you'd have people that, you know, they're just pretty. They're genetically good looking, whatever, they're genetically in shape. And they're like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a trainer. And people believe these people because they have a six pack or she has a nice butt or whatever. And they're like, oh, I'm gonna train with her. I'm like, she doesn't know or he doesn't know what the hell they're doing. They know nothing. They were just like, they're just gifted, you know, whatever. But, you know, and they'll, and they'll, they kind of sour the milk. They were kind of souring the milk for a lot of people that didn't know what they were doing because maybe those people would go with them for a really cheap price, um, train with them, get either injured or nothing would happen. And then they think that all training is like that and it's not. So um, a lot of those people, they lasted a couple months because they were barely getting by, you know, because, and then, you know, they uh, phased out of town. Uh, so again, like I think it cleared a lot of the dead wood away, very, you know, Darwinistic in this town. Like only like the strong survived and the weak got brushed to the side, you know? Because um, in LA, it's like everybody wants to create their brand and some silly gimmick. It's very yeah. gimmicky. I mean, all the on TV, you know, like the ab this and the squat that and all, you know, all this silly little stuff. Everybody wants to get rich. They don't care about the client. They just, if there's a business to them and they want to get money out of it. As here, we're, we take like the opposite approach. And that's why we're able to last longer is because we're not looking for a quick win. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that shows. And I think if people are, uh, are looking for quality and not just the Instagram flex, maybe they want to do their own someday, but if they, if they're looking for a place to get out what they put in, then, then I think they'll gravitate towards you. So, um, you know, you've, you've had, you've had a lot of experience in the industry on both sides as somebody who trains and then as a business owner, someone who trains other people, um, and I do think that it sounds like you have your ducks in a row, you have your shit together. There's a lot going on. So to people out there listening who, you know, don't or don't feel like they do or are just trying to trying to make that next move. Uh, one of the things I like to ask people in your position is if you could go back five, six years ago or whenever the first glimmer happened in your eye that you thought you were going to go into this business and really make a career out of it. What advice would you give to yourself and, and to somebody who might be listening that could that could use one big takeaway? As as a business owner or a trainer? Um, either, really, whatever you think that maybe both. Um, I would say as as far as opening up a facility, and I kind of knew this coming in um, in Los Angeles, location is huge. Location, just a couple of blocks is going to change your demographic location is going to spend like are you going to have to spend a lot of like, especially if you're you know haven't done anything before and i don't want to say nobody but nobody knows who you are you haven't played any sports you're going to have to have visibility like walk by you know like because it takes like the average person doesn't want to really work out at, at the end of the day you know they have a bunch of other stuff they have family they have all this other stuff so they have to see the gym physically like three times before they're like, okay, that's like, that's the average person. I'm not talking about like professional athletes and actors. That's their part of their job, um, which is a unique, I'd say, situation in Los Angeles, like as opposed to the rest of the country. Um, so if you're gonna open up your business, I would say one of the big things is location. Um, uh, as a trainer, I'd say, make sure you get results. Because if, if your client gets results in whatever they're doing, it could be martial arts, it could be, you know, physical fitness, it could be whatever then they can't, you can't argue with success and you'll keep your clients forever. And, uh, you know, and also when you're working out with, you know, have, have fun, make it, make it something that they look forward to not have, not dread. Right. And that's part of building, you know, and the other gym owners will know this gym culture and that kind of stuff and having people get together and like that, it, it grows organically rather than forced. Perfect. Perfect. Well, that about wraps up the time that we have here today. Before we let you go, though, where can people find you online, website, social media handles? If they want to check you out, um, maybe drop in if they're in Los Angeles, maybe find a new place to train or a business owner who wants to see what you're doing out there. Where can they find you online? Uh, they can find us online at SpartaAcademyLA.com. And then if they if they mentioned they saw us on the podcast, uh, this podcast, we'll give them, go ahead and give them a free class. How about that? Awesome. Can't, can't get better than that. You know, probably one of the top training centers for a lot of things. You're in West Los Angeles, right? Oh uh, yeah. We're in Brentwood, California, right off Wilshire. Perfect. So if you're out that way, if you're listening, check them out, 
ask for JJ, tell him you heard him on the podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate having you on here. Hopefully you'll be an inspiration to some people listening. To everybody out there listening, we appreciate your time, taking a little bit out of the day to spend it with us. If you wanna get notified of new episodes, hit the subscribe button, throw us a like, leave us a comment, any kind of feedback, we love it. If you wanna be on the show, whether you think you have your shit together like JJ does, you're struggling, you have questions, whatever you have, everybody's got something to lend to the industry. We're happy to have you on. Fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep kicking ass, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today I've got Rob Diesel. Rob, how's it going, man? Fantastic. How are you, Ryan? Yeah, thank you for being a guest on the show today. My pleasure. And so let's kind of dive right into it. So what is the name of your facility and where are you guys located at? We're called Diesel Muscle. Okay. And we are located in Tempe, Arizona. Tempe, Arizona. Awesome. And I got to say, I'm sure you hear it all the time, but that's a badass name for a gym. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And it's spelled D-E-E-Z-E-L. Love it. And so that's your last name. Nope, it's not. Pharaoh is my last name. Uh, originally, being a, uh, a personal trainer, I, I called myself Pharaoh competitive training because I, I actually had a lot of competitors that I worked with. And when I opened up a gym, I didn't want to use my name. I wanted to use something else that everyone could get under. So that's that, why we came up with Diesel Muscle. Yeah, that, that's a really good point you make there. Because um, I, I see so many times in the industry, I think it's one of the biggest mistakes. Someone will put their name on it and it's really hard to expand and grow your business when you're the one tied to it you right exactly yeah yeah so yeah good thinking on your part right there i appreciate that and yeah so um yeah i gotta ask now so like um what's your background so what made you decide to open up a gym um my background i was actually going to college for management supervision i was a restaurant manager but the restaurant was sponsoring me and paying my way to do bodybuilding competitions. I became a natural pro bodybuilder. And I, uh, one, of the, one of the customers at the restaurant asked me if I would train her. Mm-hmm. And at the time I said, I don't know how to train anyone, you know, <laughs> right? Just because you look decent doesn't mean you, right. you're, you're able to uh, help others. And, uh, but she was pretty persistent. And the owners at the restaurant were saying, Rob, this is really what you need to be doing. And then I, that's, that's how I, that's how I started. That's yeah. I, I started by, I just wanted to help people out and it worked out really well. That's awesome, man. So were the restaurant owners, did they want you to do it for you or they, or were they just tired of feeding you at that point? No, no. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that's, that, that was actually one perk of working there for sure. Yeah, man. I yeah. was able to eat, you know, that was good. Cause I, I actually started working there when I was 18. Okay. And uh, I became a manager pretty soon. So yeah. And they were, they were wonderful. They actually put a couple pictures of me up in the restaurant, which it was almost kind of goofy. Like it felt kind of weird about it, but at the same time, like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I actually loved the restaurant business. I loved working with people. It was nice. Cause I was able to kind of control things. I was able to do the firing, the hiring. So the environment that I created was wonderful. Yeah. And uh, so I basically have carried that over into the gym that I have now. Mm-hmm. The, the gym that I was working at beforehand, I worked at gold's gym as an independent trainer for 15 years and before they got their client uh, or, or their membership base up to sell to EOS, it just got too busy for me. 
So I knew then, you know what, it's time for me to open up my own place. And, Mm -hmm. and I I wanted to have something that, um, a personal training facility, but a place that I would actually train at. And I actually competed again, training at my gym when I turned 50 years old. So yeah. Oh, nice, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a wild ride and it's been fantastic. I, I, I love it. Yeah. Great. And yeah. So I got to ask, just curious, what's it like training for a competition in your own gym versus another gym? Is it easier or harder? Uh, well, I think you just have to manage your time. You know, that's what it comes down to just managing your time and, and, um, you know, competing in bodybuilding, it's, I've always told people that at least for me, I, I've been a competitor for, you know, I competed in my twenties, my thirties, forties. Now, now I competed in my fifties, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, but I've always said when you're balancing your life, when you're a bodybuilder, it's like 80% bodybuilding, 20% everything else. Mm-hmm. So after the show and after the things get a little bit less stressed, then you can start to adjust that balance again. So I, I think yeah. it's a, a matter of a, a managing your time, you know, it but it was, it was awesome. It was so cool to be able to do that. It was a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. Managing your time. That, that's the biggest thing I think with owning your own gym. I mean, aside from running the business, you have the training aspect of it. Um, you know, you can't get sucked into the business part, right? Like when you're in the middle of a set, I mean, sometimes it's inevitable, right? But you know, other times, like you just got to try to block it out and, and get it done. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So looking at um, like when new members come in the door, so I know you have two different options. So you have an open gym option, but you have some additional services as well. So when someone comes in, how do you guys decide if they go open gym or if they want other services? You know, I've never been a very pushy person. And Mm -hmm. that's something that was a big turnoff at some of these other big corporate gyms when they have 10 sales desks as soon as you walk in it looks like a like a, a car lot you know yeah. so yeah. i i never i never wanted to have that feel at my gym I, I wanted my gym it's it's um some people may say it's intimidating because there's a, a lot of pictures of competitors on the walls there's trophies all over the place there's graffiti written all over the place and it's but I find it very motivating and inspiring and mm-hmm. when I bring people in I want them I, I show them, I show them everything there is to see, you know, yeah. I come in, I show them equipment uh, and I'm, I just try to, I, I try to figure out what it is that they're looking for. And, yeah. and sometimes Ryan, they, they, they don't want anything more. They, they just, they just want a gym membership and a place to train and uh, fantastic. That's we'll, we'll get them signed up. The nice thing about that. And I think that's smart really in a lot of ways, why don't you just get a membership and just observe and see how these trainers actually train people? Mm-hmm. Because that man, I tell you what, working at those corporate gyms, you know, Gold's Gym, they had their own trainers. Man, I, I felt really bad sometimes for the people that come in and they get signed up with these people that really don't know what they're doing, and then they get a bad, they get a bad feel for the whole personal training experience. And so I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't push anyone into anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I worked at, I worked at a place that was, it was bought by Gold's Gym. So same deal. I was there for for two and a half years when I started out. And it's some of the, you know, it's one of those things you're looking around, you're like, man, like, you know, this person, you know, they're getting screwed, basically. Yeah. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, sometimes they are. And, you know, when the client knows more about training than the trainer, you know, then that's a problem. Yeah. But, you know, on the flip side, too, I just think it was a it was a the whole thing was bad. Yeah. And then I see some of these trainers that come in and I'm thinking to myself, you know what, this guy, this guy's passionate. This, this guy really does want to make a difference, mm-hmm. but the way it was set up and structured, yeah, it, it was one of those things where, Hey, if you're not, if you don't have any clients, you have to basically go up to people and try to sell them training the eight hour shift that you're working, which I don't want that. I don't want people to come to my gym and be, you know, every time they get on the treadmill, Hey, you must look like you look like you need a trainer. And how, I, I don't want, I don't want to do that. I, yeah. I just think that's rude. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's a good point. Yeah. There should, uh, yeah. I think one of the best ways to do that, you know, is, 
you know, the club owner or, you know, in that case of management, you know, you got to find a way to get these, you know, training leads to people in a way that, you know, it's not, you know, invasive of their space if they're already a member or something like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, as far as like advertising and everything like that, um, is word of mouth the biggest thing or do you guys have other avenues that you use also? You know, word of mouth is the biggest thing. We originally started, it, it was a place that I needed to train some clients. And I brought some other trainers in and they were doing their thing. And we, we didn't have, we didn't have 24 mm-hmm. seven. So what that meant was if, if I wasn't there, no one else was there, the door was locked. Yeah. Um, uh, th- tell me the question, ask, what was the question again? Um, let's Sorry. see. Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, as far as trainers and stuff like that, I, I believe that's what we were talking about, the trainers. Oh, okay. Uh, what about trainers? What was the question? Um, like when someone comes in, what is the, the first trainer? Like, what is it like with them, basically? As far as a trainer? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? You're asking me about uh, word of mouth and how... Oh, word of mouth. Yeah, sorry. The trainer questions before that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry. Right. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, word of mouth. Um, so... Um, so originally it was just, it was just word of mouth. My gym is tucked back in such a place that you could drive by it 10 times and not even know it's there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that it's, 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 but that's the way I wanted it. I was able to have a little bit more space. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not right on the road. Um, and yeah, it just grew organically and it, and it still does. I, I, I we don't really advertise a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've always looked at it like, if, you know, even when I was a restaurant manager, we take care of our customers, right? They'll, they, they'll kind of take care of us. They'll, they'll, they'll put the good word out. And, and the nice thing is it's not a, a hard sell because mm-hmm. people come in, they already have a, an expectation of, of me, the owner and, and the gym and, and the field and the environment and everything. So, yeah, so it's, I, I like it like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's cool too, that, you know, it seems like you guys have a a pretty like tight knit member base, you know, so that's cool that people, you know, refer you out. And I mean, obviously if you're doing your job and you know, the gym is what everyone expects it to be, you know, then they're going to, you know, tell their friends, tell everyone they know. Right. Exactly. I'm sure it's working like that for you too. Right. Ryan. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's the, I mean, if you don't have that in your business, I can't see how you're going to survive. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And like, as far as, um, so the 24 seven thing. So what did you guys start off 24 seven or did you transition to that? Or you said, no, you did. Yeah. no. Um, how, how that came about was, uh, we had all the ladies in there. Jake Woods brought all the ladies in there from wings of strength. Yeah. And they're, they're doing this, uh, reality TV. They're doing some filming inside my gym. This is before I opened it 24 seven. And one of the ladies there, Teresa, we talked afterwards and she said that she had a gym in Pittsburgh and she opened it 24 seven and she's got about, I think at the time she told me 549 members. Yeah. And, uh, and she was the one who gave me the idea of doing it. And, I, and I'm so glad I did it I, because it's, yeah. it's, it's always available for anyone, yeah. anytime they need it. Yeah. You, you have a bad day and you can't sl- sleep. Well, you know what? You can go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and the cool thing about that is, you know, it makes it to where you don't have to be there all the time either. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Because before I'm sure that you were what you're probably there like super early leaving super late. Well, in, in the beginning, I, I was doing all the build out, you know, so, so oh, I was, okay. you know, like I, I, I ripped the carpet up and then I, I, I had to level all, all the, uh, the, the, the concrete and then lay down the flooring. I mean, I, I did everything, Ryan. And yeah. I was working, I would work about 16 hours a day. <laughs> about 16 hours a day. And I, I remember I was surviving on uh, protein shakes and uh, and protein bars and, nice. and, and rock stars. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, I think in the beginning, because you want to be able to control the controllables. Yeah. So you can put in 16 hour days and you can work really hard. And for me, it helped twofold. Obviously I was able to get more stuff done, 
Also, I was able to sleep better knowing that I'm exhausted, right? I wasn't one of those guys that I'm going to work eight or 10 hours, which sounds like a really short day. Yeah. And then, you know, then I'm like, I have this nervous energy and I can't sleep because I'm thinking about stuff. Yeah. It it worked good. I was able to, uh, September 9th. So just a few days ago, it was six years that I signed the contract. Oh man. Congratulations. Thank you. And then October 15th, about five weeks later, we had that thing. We had people coming in and we were, we're rocking. So it worked really well. Oh man. So you, so you busted ass then getting getting ready. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Five week turnaround. Yeah. Well, that's when it's like, are you really passionate? Yeah. Right. Are you yeah. really passionate? Well, a lot of people throw that word around there because they actually like going to the gym and getting the pump. But are you really passionate about owning your own business, owning your own gym? I mean, it's it's a lot of work. But if you really are passionate, you're going to love every second of it. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think um, like your career bodybuilding, you know, and the discipline you had to have there, has that helped you in the business world, too? Oh, yeah. I've learned so much. I've learned so much. Uh you know, patience, uh, goal setting. I, I'm the type of person that I, I write things down and I, and I, and I execute. And, um, so yeah, I proposed to my, to my wife now, uh, back in 2013 and on the way home to Phoenix, uh, I, I was actually guest posing and that's, that's when I proposed to her, which is pretty cool. Yeah. She said yes, which, which was good. Um, and I, and I was thinking, well, if she, if she said no, then there would probably be enough girls that maybe feel sorry for me and I would probably work out either way. But, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you knew that too. <laughs> yeah. But, um, anyway, so on the way home, I had told her all my plans you know, as, as a bodybuilder, it's like, that's what you're used to doing. You're, you're used yeah. to making plans and executing. And I told her I wanted to open up my own gym. Once the gym got going really good, I wanted to treat myself and do another bodybuilding competition mm-hmm. at 50 years old. And, and I did, and it, it was, it was, it was great, but yeah, there's so many things in life that I do now that I, that I can look back and go, bodybuilding taught me this so I can get through this. Right. You know, bodybuilding taught me patience or bodybuilding taught me perseverance or bodybuilding taught me. And it's, it's like anything else. I mean, you work hard and you, and you focus on the task and, and you you just, every day you just kind of chip away at it and eventually you're going to get it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, so we're coming up on the end of our time has actually been on the podcast. Oh, so wow. what I, yeah, what I always like to ask people here at the end. Um, so in a year from now, like what does growth look like for you? Like, where do you want your business to be in a year? Um, I would say um, I, I really want to make sure that the, the ones that are working there and, and making a living there are, are, are full, that they have a full schedule. They're, they're, I know they're already excited about their jobs, Mm -hmm. but I want to make sure that they have that job security and they're doing really well. Um, So that's, that's the main importance for me is Mm -hmm. helping others create what I've been able to do. Yeah. And and that's to make a living at this and, and, and do it in an environment that they, that they're, they're really thankful for being in. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Rob, well, thank you so much, man, for being a guest on the show today. Really enjoyed it and uh, got some good information and it'll be a, a good episode. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you. I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. And right. for our listeners out there, uh, if you got value from this podcast, please click the like and subscribe button. If you're a gym owner and you want to be a guest in the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. 
The Gym Lords Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We talk to real fitness pros who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I am here with my guest, EJ from Houston, fitness guru. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time to be here. We appreciate it. I want to know, what's, what's AHFG? What's it all about? Houston fitness guru. What are you doing down there? Man, Houston fitness guru is a all women's uh, workout community slash gym where we kind of uh, bring together uh, the whole women's uh, community feel to where a lot of times when you're doing you know personal training one-on-one it kind of gets kind of boring and redundant when you're the only person that's kind of pushing them versus when you have uh, 20 30 other ladies that's on the same journey and also holding you accountable so it's just the whole community uh, atmosphere and feel that we're kind of uh, enhance and try to take advantage of when it comes to, you know, results and things of that sort. Got it. Got it. So you've been in the game for almost 10 years now. What's the evolution look like? You start off as just a personal trainer in a big box gym. Were you independent the whole time? Like, yeah. How did you get to where you are? Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> just not to make it too, too boring, man, but I started out at a company you probably heard of called uh, Fitness Connection. Uh, I was a personal trainer there and, you know, no disrespect to them, but, you know, I came from a kinesiology background with a degree, you know, not just a certification. And when it came to the training and the whole results aspect of it, I've kind of been doing it pretty much my whole life. So it kind of came natural to me and, when I branched off from there, I started doing the boot camps and what ended up made me leave. It didn't take me long to realize that uh, I was one of the top trainers. Everybody was requesting to train with me and I was just doing pretty much training, but I was also doing the sales also and not even knowing it, just pretty much my client being, being a walking billboard. And so therefore, uh, just to be completely transparent, let's say they're charging people $50 a month. As a trainer, I was only making $15 of that. So, you know, it's not rocket science to kind of figure out, like, hey, you know, you put in all the effort, you're doing all the legwork, you know, something needs to switch. So I branched out on my own. I started doing um, boot camps in a park. Um, and Houston is pretty big. I'm in Houston. So at this time I was on the North side, the commute got to be kind of hectic driving 45 minutes there, 45 back, uh, on an everyday basis. So, man, I kind of built my clientele. I was like, all right, well, let me try doing it on my own. And then pretty much I took a leap of faith. I moved to the South side, closer to my house. I was doing boot camps out, outside. And at this time I probably had maybe 15 ladies. And I started pretty much doing things for like $1, like $5, like on an everyday basis. Uh, and so the only hiccup that we would have was kind of when it was, you know, bad weather. But Houston, you know, it didn't really rain that much or steady the whole time. So even if it did rain, the sun come out, we always find a way to, to get it in. And then um, from the boot camp in a park, I started training at my house, at my gym. Uh, like a garage type of gym type of thing. I had stairs in my house. We would use the stairs, uh, just being kind of creative. And then after that, uh, I started a company that's pretty much called Sig Signature Physiques. 
with a, a roommate of mine at the time, like a small studio section, we just had one room. And then we kind of grew from there to like a strip center. And then we kind of expanded. And then pretty much like I said, eight, eight years later from that point, I'm in the current facility that I'm at, at now. And how long you've been there for the current facility? Uh, the current facility, I've been here about a year and a half. So I moved here right before COVID. Yeah, what timing, right? Yeah. And so what tell us about that facility, right? It's it's interesting always to hear how you got there, but let's talk about where you're at now. What have you done? Like how big is it? How many clients are you are you training there? What kind of staff do you have? Okay, so uh, I started my staff. So I have about four trainers that I have. Uh, I've taken more of the uh, manager side of it, the managing side of the clientele relations and stuff like that, uh, bookkeeping, payroll, and all that good stuff in between. Um, so it actually kind of worked out for me with COVID because I pretty much got two months of in theory, free rent that I didn't have any overhead, but they're still allowing me to uh, use the facility. So I definitely took a took advantage of that. Uh, downside to it, like I said, it was kind of an as-is building, but I didn't didn't mind doing it. I got to kind of make it how I wanted wanted it to. Uh, and so now at my gym, we pretty much have uh, two different trainings. We have small group training, which is pretty much semi-private. And we also have, have our large boot camp classes. And so we have a cap size of 12 people, which is the small group. And our big group is kind of like a hybrid, which we have inside and outside training, which are boot camps. Uh, and we pretty much have about 30 to 40 ladies that come to that and we train pretty much Monday, Wednesdays, and Saturdays for boot camps, and then pretty much every day in between, except for Sundays, it's our off days for small group. Okay, so basically it's small group or large boot camp, not really any one-on-one -on -one personal training, anything like that? Right, that's correct. Okay. That is correct. Are you doing anything else? Are you selling supplements? Are you doing nutrition programming? Are you selling clothes, anything like that right now? Uh, so we don't sell any supplements, but we have uh, one of our specialties is called our 90 day challenge. And it's a real big hit among the women when it comes to our transformation and pretty much how the 90 day challenge goes. Uh, well, let me back up a second. So usually when people come to most gyms or you sign up for CrossFit and different stuff outside of one on one trainings, uh, usually get the trainer, of course, and then you get, you know, workouts and then you may get a nutrition plan. But our 90 day challenge kind of takes everything up a notch and we kind of pay attention to the details. So, of course, 90 days is kind of how it sounds. But in this challenge, you will get a combination of things. So you get the, the small group training, which is more so of the focus and detail workout sessions. Uh, and then you also get the large group trainings. So it's a combination together. And the large group trainings are very, very important because those is where you build your relationships with all of the different ladies. And so it's more of a fun, upbeat type of workout. You know, you get your gym buddies, you know, you get to hang out and meet up with each other, you know, before the class, after the class. And then what we noticed that a large number of people started to work out together. Like they'll start calling like, you know, hey, Brittany, hey, Christina, you know, you guys going to the gym today? You know, we can stay a little bit after. Let's start working on our goals and things of that sort. And then also with our 90 day challenge, you will have a, a coach and which is one of the four ladies that I said earlier. And your coach is going to monitor pretty much what you do for the next 90 days, which is big on the, you know, the accountability. And you'll get a custom nutrition plan and you'll get a custom workout plan. So it's not just the general uh, Google, how to drop 20 pounds, workout, how to drop 20 pounds, you know, nutrition, because everyone knows everybody's body's different, goals are different, lifestyle and everything's different. So we try to make sure we meet the client halfway 
and we're able to meet them where they are. So if they need different modifications with the workouts, you know, knees, heart problems, you know, back issues, that's just, just life, you know, you have to be accountable, be able to work around it if you want to be a, a good trainer and have good results. And also with the nutrition, you know, we always switch it up to make sure we're able to not get the clients burnt out because chicken and fish for 90 days will get kind of <laughs> redundant and boring after a while, right? Uh, and so lastly, uh, you know, we do weekly weigh-ins and measurements and we have different competitions, just trying to keep it fresh. Nice. Nice. So that, that's your bread and butter, right? That's the main kind of offer people are coming into the gym on. What does something yeah. like that cost, like in your market for Houston specifically, where are you at for pricing on that? Uh, I guess, so the, the pricing we range from is around uh, $200 a month to around 250 to participate in a 90 day challenge. And then it just varies depending on how many small group training sessions you have, whether you come twice a week, three days or four days a week. And then, so, you know, we also offer different, you know, personalized specialty classes, which are targeted, let's say abs. So we have like a 45 minute abs class, which is specific for that you know, 45 minute cardio class, uh, you know, a glutes class, you know, so everything that's, you know, it's for the women, you know, we kind of, kind of cater to it. And so that way, <clears throat> I think that we do a lot of CrossFit workouts that are very similar to CrossFit. And we also do a lot of the bodybuilding toning and definition. So we are the ultimate hybrid between the two. Okay. So that package is kind of just a name that 90 day transformation, but you really go in and customize it. It's not, you just come in and pay $500 and get a cookie cutter. Like it's right. I want a 90 day transformation, but I want it with big group and I want to come this many times a week, X, Y, Z, you know, in these specialty classes. So you build a plan based off of a 90 day time frame. But it's really if obviously I wouldn't be eligible to come into your facility. But if I, if a lady were to come in, oh, I want that 90 day transformation. You talk to them about their goals, how much they commit, and then you build a plan out and say 90 days. You want to do this. I recommend this. This is where we can get you. That, that is correct. And um, so we have start start times and, and end times. So that, that kind of helps with the. Uh, can't think of the word, but it's not always available per se. So, yeah, kind of scarcity or something like that. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, start time and end time. Then at the end, we kind of reward the ladies. Uh, you know, we have a photo shoot at the end of the at the end of our ninety day challenge. So, you know, they get to dress up. You know, be all put together, and you know, have some photographers come in, and they they're able to showcase. You know, the the hard work and effort. Cool. Cool. And is that something that you're just getting people in off your notoriety, off of word of mouth and referrals? Or are you advertising it? Google, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, like how are you getting people to know about you and in this program and anything else you offer? Yeah. So we just, uh, so definitely social media is, is definitely big. And so, you know, every challenge, you know, we have different goals that we try to reach as far as in, uh, new faces, you know, mm -hmm. so yes, you want to see the old faces too, but like I said, to have new money, as you would call it, is also great also. So you want to make sure we keep the new faces uh, coming in. So we use uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook, but Instagram is 90%, I don't say 90, but 80% of what we're kind of moving to now because of the, uh, I guess, society and kind of what people are more so into it. You know, Facebook is still popular too, but like I said, but it's not as popular as Instagram. People going and check the different memes and all that good stuff going on. So yeah, so yeah, we use we just started using TikTok. You know, so we try to stay up to date and have a steady, you know, steady diet. We want to be in people's eyes, you know, as much as possible. And are you managing all that stuff, or do you have somebody who does your marketing, social media stuff like that? Uh, so I have someone that, that does my marketing and stuff. So we kind of tag team it together. Uh, so she'll do a lot of stuff on the back end when it comes to linking different challenges or 
different uh, links together. She does more of that stuff. And then I'll pretty much just kind of tell her where I want and the direction I want things to go in. Okay. So direction, that's, that's something I like to talk about. What is the direction that you're going in overall? Like, can you add more clients? Are you trying to add more clients? Are you trying to add more services? You're trying to eventually go to a different building, buy your building. Like, what's your long-term goals? Like right now, it sounds like you kind of know what you're doing in the day-to-day. -day. You're trying to step back as a manager, owner, and you, you have some systems and things in place to keep people coming in the door. What's the end goal? Where are you going with it? All right. So the next thing that I want to accomplish is the online side of it. Uh, that's my next goal that I, that I really want to accomplish pretty soon. I've been working towards that, uh, but I'm the type of person, I don't like to jump in anything unless I kind of know what's at the bottom, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when it comes to the online side of it, uh, me thinking about it. So let's say my gym can hold, let's say 50 people at a time. So let's say I have 50 people Monday, through Saturday, 50 people Sunday. And that means I have a cap size of only 50 people. So it doesn't matter how big I get, I can only have 50 people. And the only way I can make more money out of those 50 people will be by charging more money or charging different things. And so I feel as though going to the online market, now instead of having 50 spaces, now I have a million spaces. Yeah, so it doesn't take rocket science to figure out, hey, well, if I have a million people and I only charge them a dollar versus me charging 50 people a thousand dollars, you know, it's just simple, simple mathematics. So, like I said, the next thing for us to accomplish, man, is definitely the, the online marketing. Yeah. Have you dipped your toes into that at all or started looking into it or is it just really you are you in the research information phase? Uh, I I have done it on the side with a few of the ladies, but I have not started advertising yet. Advertising yet, just want to make sure that uh, the results and stuff are kind of up to the standard and the transformations are pretty much equivalent to a lady being in front of our face or at the gym. Got it. Got it. So. So that's kind of the big thing that's on the horizon. Um, I want to flip it around and rewind. You know, as we start running low on time here, uh, you've been in this a while, right? Almost coming up on 10 years. You've done a, a few different versions. You've seen, you know, big box. You've seen smaller gyms. You've seen pandemic hit. You've seen the shift to online and hybrid programming. So what would you say would be the biggest thing that you go back and tell your younger self or, or maybe tell somebody right now who's just getting started or who's in it, like, the most valuable piece of advice or information you could give yourself or someone else in the game? Okay, great question, great question. So if I had to tell my younger self, the best thing I would just say is just, um, you know, EJ, you know, go for it and start earlier. Uh, I love being an owner and having everything put on me uh, because I have a go-getter attitude. So for any people that have that kind of drive, it makes you feel more responsible because if it works or it doesn't work, it's on you. You're not depending on anybody else for getting members or the results, you know, everything is on you. So I enjoyed having everything on me and me being responsible for, you know, my, my well-being. And then on the flip side, you know, uh, if someone's just starting out, you know, don't be afraid to do things for free. Uh, I remember a person named, real quick, named uh, E.T., the hip-hop preacher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Eric Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Eric Thomas. And one of the things that he used to say, man, he used to just give stuff out for free. You just do it free all the time, all the time, all the time. And then before you know it, you know, you kind of build your clientele, you get the following, you get the backing, and then people won't, mind paying whatever you decide to charge because like I said you have the proof you have the data and you also have the following yeah yeah for sure there is uh 
there's room in the world to get paid what you're worth, but also to provide value far in excess of whatever you charge, whether I that's agree. nothing. If you're giving it away, it still has to be worth something. Otherwise people won't, they won't care. I right? agree. If you're giving away things of value, whether it's your knowledge, your time, expertise, whatever it is, um, there's room to do both. I so agree. I absolutely agree there that that's, and the other thing that you said about, you know, do it sooner, do it, believe in yourself. Uh, I hear that with people in this business all the time because nobody that I ever talked to is afraid of hard work. They know that it's going to be on whatever amount that they want to put into it. They believe they see what difference you can make in people's lives. So if you know that you're committed, you know that you're going to put the work in on the training side and you got to learn a little bit about business, right? You, you have to know something. If you know you're not afraid to put the work in and learn what you need to learn to do what you got to do, might as well just do it now, right? There's no better time. Yesterday right. is a better time, but right. now, is, now is the second best, right? That's a, there's an old Chinese proverb, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Second best time right yeah. now. Yes, so, I agree. That's fantastic. Hey man, before I let you go, and I do appreciate your time here today. Where can people find you online? You have personal social media, business, whatever it is for you, for the gym. Where can people find you? Yeah, sure. So you can go to HoustonFitnessGuru.com and then on Facebook and Instagram and pretty much all social medias are just Houston Fitness uh, Guru. So uh, H-O-U-S-T-O-N, then fitness, and then guru, G-U-R-U. Perfect. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes. Check out EJ, check out Houston fitness guru. If you're in the area, if you're yeah. a lady looking to, to have some fun, get fitness, get some specific, hit your goals, check him out. If you're a business owner and you're interested in what he's doing, reach out. This gentleman seems like he's, he's always wants to learn, share, give whatever he's got to give to this whole community. So we appreciate you. Yeah. We'd love to have him. All right, man. Well, I appreciate your time and to everybody out there listening. As always, we appreciate your time. We thank you for taking a little bit out of your day to spend it with us. We hope this has been entertaining and educational. And if you want to hear more, smash that subscribe button. Get notified when new episodes drop. You want to be on the show, click the link in the description, fill out your information. We want to hear more stories. We want to spread more love. Leave us a review, a comment, a like. Give us all the feedback. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Keep kicking ass. Jim Wards out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.